Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees episode 6. That's right. We're uh, well we can we're over the hump. We can see double digits. My name is Ben Smith. I'm from Wireless Worker. Who the hell are you? I'm Ewan McLean. I'm from Mobile Industry Review. And I'm Rafe Blanford from All About Symbian. And this week, Rafe, you and I went to, uh, well, we went to the South Bank. No, we didn't. We went to the North Bank to learn all about Windows Phone, didn't we? We did. We went to the Millbank Tower to learn all about the latest update to Windows Phone, which is codenamed Mango. And they were serving mango juice. They were serving mango juice. Very tasty it was, too. Yes, uh, in fact, there were a number of technology journalists who never really left house, their homes before who were quite perturbed about it being mango juice because they thought it looked a bit wow. like orange juice and were complaining it tasted funny. <laughs> yes, that, that's true. I, I, won't name, I won't name names, but some of those come from major tech publications that sound a little bit like Pired. Anyway, uh, h- hello to all our friends in the mainstream media. Uh, so, Windows Phone 7... Um, Rafe, you're the biggest brain in the bunch here, and you and McLeod had a note from his mum that said he didn't need to come. So quickly, <laughs> quickly tell me what Mango means. Uh, Mango is actually the code name of the next release of Windows Phone. So the current one is Windows Phone 7. So there's specula- speculation around the numbering, uh, but Microsoft haven't said anything yet. Um, there's been 7.1 in the developer documentation, 7.5 in some other stuff, but we won't actually find out. It's really just about telling us what were the sort of big announcements and the big features, and they really came around three main areas. And uh, they were they were a bit cagey about that, and we got a bit we got a bit sort of irritated with them about saying, "Oh, is it seven point one? Is it seven point five? But in the end, they just said it it doesn't matter. It's just the next big release, isn't it? I think they got caught out by how interested people were on what number it was, but they said, "Look, we're calling it Mango internally. That's it. It's the next big release. Get yeah, over it." And- yeah, people did get a bit, well, why can't they just tell us a number? I suspect part of this is because, you know, with Windows 8 coming up, they probably want to align the numbering of Windows Phone to that as well. But there's been no final decision. Um, and we did ask whether that would maybe generate a bit of confusion. Would people get too used to Mango? So that started being referred to in the press, and that's obviously not going to be what it's called when it's on shop shelves. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much that matters. And you and you weren't there at all. So have you heard anything about Mango? I want to be clear that, you know, my mother was really keen that I come along. Um, it, it's just I had to be in Frankfurt on that particular day at short notice. Uh, I, um, uh, I've been hearing good things about Mango and I was disappointed not to be at the event because, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about the possibility of, of Microsoft beginning to do some kind of domination. Um, so I'm hearing, I've been hearing good, positive messages from everyone that was there and in the write-ups that I saw and in brief conversation with you guys it, it's sounding right sounding good sounding positive I mean is, is that accurate yeah I, I think so I mean my my write-up was was quite positive I, I was quite impressed but perhaps before we begin to talk about the good stuff why don't we just um, cut out now uh, Rafe and I spoke to Oded Ran who is the Windows Phone 7 UK consumer marketing thingamy or something. Anyway, he, I mean, his business card folded out several miles. But the long story short was he was a very enthusiastic man who was there to tell us all about mm. it. And and we asked him actually just to run through some of the features. So uh, let's listen to what he has to say. Great. Uh, we're really excited about the uh, announcements today about Mango. Um, a few really brilliant new things coming up for users in the UK uh, with Windows Phone and a new release. We have over 500 features 
with this major release uh, of Windows Phone that will be available for free uh, for all existing Windows Phone users later on this year. One thing that I want to talk about is how we're making it easier uh, to communicate and to share. We're introducing uh, a few things that consumers told us they would really like to have. One of the things is groups. You would be able to set up a group really quickly, email everyone in the group, uh, able to see their Facebook updates appear in one place, all their What's New uh, feed in a single place, create ad hoc groups, let's say you're going with friends for the weekend, they want to arrange that, uh, that's one element. We're introducing uh, the Twitter and LinkedIn integrated into the People Hub. Again, other phones have address books. and Windows phone, we have the People Hub. Uh, we use to integrate your contact information from Facebook and your email accounts like Hotmail and Gmail. But now with Twitter and LinkedIn, that comes as well. Uh, we're also introducing threads, uh, which is the ability to have a chat on Windows Live Messenger, have an instant messaging chat, even on Facebook chat, and then switch immediately to text messaging when someone goes offline, uh, as well as linked inboxes. So I can have, for instance, my two personal email accounts, yeah. let's say my Yahoo Mail, my AOL Mail, and my Hotmail, have all three of them connected, and have my work accounts separately linked. And that's basically what we call making easier uh, to communicate and share. So, um... The, the danger is, I think, when you listen to that set of features that Odeb was telling us about, is that um, you're tempted to uh, you're tempted to think of um, the features that uh, Windows Phone 7 has as just being sort of catch-up features. That really these are um, you know these are just playing sort of uh, you know gap filling with all the other major platforms. But I don't know about you, Rafe, but for me whilst they are playing catch-up, actually the way they've done a lot of this stuff is actually quite a lot more elegant than some of the other platforms. I was quite impressed and surprised as well, What you know, because you don't expect Microsoft to be the usability guys, do you? No, I think that's, that's right. And I think a great example of this is the kind of the threads, which I think a lot of people will know as kind of conversation view in SMS. And yet, you know, SMS is fine, but often now we are using other communication channels and they've added the ability to use Facebook chat and Messenger and it, it doesn't take a genius to work out they'll add in others then. So I'd almost see this as an improvement on what is the standard conversation view in, in most other platforms. And that's the kind of elegance I think that you were talking about there. You get the same thing with this group functionality. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't actually tend to use groups on my phone simply because it tends to be a bit useless. It's just a way of gathering contacts together. And it's quite useful if you want to send around a group message. But the frequency with what that happens isn't that great. But what this does is effectively provide a, you're like a, a sub um, people hub with just the most important people in that group. And you could do this for family or for work or for whatever you like. And it's not just about uh, you know being able to send them a group message. It's actually you get the live tile on the home screen that has new email alerts for that particular group or status message and you can then dive into the group and pivot across to see what's new on their social network what's new from their email and it's kind of again an enhancement of what we'd typically expect and so yes it is a catch-up but what they've tended to do which isn't obvious in the descriptions is take the step to catch up and then take start thinking about taking the next step as well and you know that is quite impressive and um i i think for me, for example, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't really use groups, but that's because they're they're too much hassle. But actually, when you get all the additional benefits, like as you were saying, you know, those home tiles and those live tiles and things like that, the, there begins to be some point in actually going through the effort of setting them up. 
rather than just having them for you know for the, the sort of organization of, of, of clustering them so Ewan what do you make of it well well don't don't forget the um the target market here I and mean, we're not precisely the target market um i think if you're, you're you're considering the average user groups and the functionality that we're seeing from from this mango version i think it could be really really viable remember that blackberry messenger groups in particular are hugely hugely valuable and hugely well used yeah and i i kind of um because we were so down on blackberry last week um i mean at least i i was and obviously i'm right so you know that's the main thing um um because because we were so down on blackberry i don't want people to think that you know we're saying oh you know windows phone 7 is great blackberry isn't i think you know there's a lot of the stuff we're seeing with windows phone 7 is promise it hasn't been delivered yet and we'll have to see if it comes true but for me they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum which is you know that actually with windows phone 7 in the place where i least expected to see it um i'm i you know, I actually get some, uh, you know, some innovation actually. So, and again, it's not always technology innovation; it's just usability, elegance, and things. So, uh, you know, I was quite impressed by that. And we 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 went on to talk to um, Oded about um, apps and how they'd evolved because we we've hinted at that. So let's let's see because there's a couple of other things that he that he was talking to us about. The second element is really smarter approach to apps. Uh, for the first time, you'd be able to search on the phone. Uh, by clicking on the Bing button here and let's say I want to search for a, a music artist I can put a name, I'll put Adele and I'm not just getting the web results Bing also suggests that maybe I want to download uh, an app in this case Last.fm or other apps that means the discovery of apps becomes much easier um, it's also great news for developers who build apps uh, if I swipe to the right I would also be able to see images so image search comes into being as well. Um, another example of making a smarter approach to apps is multitasking. So uh, many consumers told us they definitely want to have multitasking experience. By just clicking on the back button and holding it clicked for a few seconds, I can go back and I'm now going straight back to other apps that were open or the People Hub or other hubs. And that means I can play a game uh, and we're announced that many exciting games are coming in the must-have games program like Angry Birds and Doodle Jump and I would be able to play a game, go back to answering an email or phone call and go back to where I stopped uh, with multitasking. And that's also going to work for music players as well, isn't it? Which can keep working in the background and then pause when they need to and restarts. Exactly. So uh, we will enable app developers to use our APIs or our functionality to build experiences that continue to work in the background, like playing music. Uh, you were already able to do that with Zune, now you would be able to do that with other applications that uh, support that functionality. And uh, I think something important that, that Oded sort of mentioned there, but doesn't necessarily come out in what he was saying, was that a lot of the APIs they're opening up in Mango allow um, those sort of native capabilities like muting, um, you know, muting music and switching apps and background playing and things. Um, now, you know, not uniquely to Windows Phone 7, but those kind of features are available to third-party developers, it feels to me, a lot more earlier in the life cycle. That's terrible English, isn't it? A lot earlier in the life cycle than other platforms have got around to, to, to introducing that. Yeah, I think that's right. I and mean, we have to bear in mind, this is only the first major update to Windows Phone. You compare that to some of the other platforms. 
they're, they're maturing quite quickly. And they talk about the 1500 APIs being added. That's fine. You know, great. There's a long list of them. And it's also things like sensor and camera. But I do think you're right there. It's some of the ones that are quite critical. And in some cases, developers are going to have to think about how to implement their application in a slightly different way because the APIs don't quite have the depth of something like Symbian yet and possibly even Android. Um, but I thought the multitasking is actually quite a good example of this. You know, these background services allow you to do quite a lot of things and give you absolutely the perception of multitasking. It's not true multitasking in one sense as applications do effectively freeze in the background but it does allow this instant resume so for any consumer it looks like you're able to move between these applications and instantly restart and for me having used windows phone on a samsung omnia 7 that's by far and away the biggest hindrance uh, to sort of a smooth user experience and okay that doesn't apply to everybody but i think that expectation of switching instantly between apps and not have it kill off power or Know, and have the battery life reasonable when you're doing that kind of multiple application activity has become a you know expectation for almost everyone yeah and i think the the, the other thing that stood out to me is how um how elegant these things are getting so quickly i mean i really want to i really want to find something to sort of criticize and i suppose you know if anything i'd sort of sound a note of caution that when the marketing guys are telling you about the new features that are going to happen it's always going to sound really good uh but actually the point was that you know Rafe and I, Ewan, at the end had a bit of a play with these devices, you know the, the the prototypes and the engineering samples. And to me, this stuff was working elegantly and well already. You know, we were just let hands on, pretty much unrestricted. There was no one sort of breathing over our shoulder. And I was flipping between apps, doing multitasking, all this kind of stuff. And it it does all it says. And I mean, well, you know well in these kind of events, you've normally got a PR person explaining to you, oh well, you know, we're not quite finished on that yet. It'll be faster or better when we release it. But not only was that not happening, but it did it wasn't needed. Now, now let let's take a wee step back there, Mr. Smith. Why are you trying to find something? that you don't like something that you hate what's happened to you <laughs> I, I, it's 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 more a case of um I, I i don't like i don't like fanboys i don't like people who are kind of unconditionally loving of a platform you know and again the problem at this stage is that for the first time in a long time i've actually seen something i really like something i really believe in and i did it's not coming from a place I expected because I'm not a Microsoft fan. You know, I mean, I live with their corporate right. solutions all day, every day, and they're they're a mixed bag. They range from horrendous to, to to quite powerful, but nearly always expensive. And I kind of because I'm, for example, like maybe not an Xbox user or some of their Xbox Live, I haven't had any sort of experience of some of their other consumer applications. And I maybe maybe that's where the kind of the skill and the and the finesse is coming from there. But actually, I was really really impressed you know actually it, well, it makes it feel feel quite an elegant platform and more importantly it got me excited about you know wanting to have one of these devices which i, I haven't had in a long time from any other platform don't forget that um you know steve Ballmer and the top team at microsoft are breathing down the necks of the windows phone people and that the windows phone guys have access to a substantial amount of resource because, and I think we seem to forget this. We seem to forget that Microsoft have a uh, billions of dollars to spend, and a um, a viewpoint that they will get it right in the end. I.e., Windows Phone 6.5, Windows Phone um, uh, 7 now, Windows Phone 7.1 or 5.5, whatever. Yeah, they're spending lots of money, and they're doing it in this. It seems to me, and I think it seems to you, Ben, 
that they're doing it right. You know, it's looking good, and I've got the the um, the HD7, the HTC HD7 Windows Phone. It's a gorgeous piece of kit. Just that one. Now there's stuff missing, but Microsoft have done it right. And you know, when this came out into the marketplace in November, and now we're we're looking at the next iteration, as you say, in in May, June. Well, by the time it hits the marketplace, fair enough. It's very quick, but they have to be doing this. And for some reason, we seem to think that's strange. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember that Microsoft does have quite a long history in the mobile space, and so they should be getting it right by now. You know, they do go through iterations. But, I mean, I am impressed by the elegance and the speed. The one sort of note of caution I would sound here is it is a little bit, it's the Microsoft way or the highway. Um, And what I mean by that is Microsoft have, with Metro, actually almost designed a new user experience. This is not something that will be necessarily familiar to the average Symbian Android or iOS user. I mean, it is quite close to iOS in some ways, but actually I think the the principles underlying Metro are fairly radically different to what else is on the market. And, you know, partly wants to be exactly like Ben and get excited about it. But And, and I do actually think it's uh, next generation in that sense in moving away from a pure application model to something that's maybe more task oriented. And I guess we'll talk about that later. But it is quite a radical departure and it will take... Uh, some getting used to and so some people who are familiar with having a lot of control over their phone and doing things in multiple different ways may not be so comfortable uh, with windows phone and mango but you know Mm. in in one sense that's actually both a bit of criticism but also a bit of praise in that they managed to define things quite tightly and it was that consistency of ux experience across the entire product which in one sense stood out most for me together with the fact that these updates that have been announced actually fitted seamlessly into the kind of the metro ui and at first glance you don't see them it's only when you start exploring them that you find out about them and that's a a real compliment i think to to pay a ui framework because we're used to seeing updates be it on android or iphone or symbian that essentially break the sort of existing model and make things ugly or an add-on or a kludge or whatever be that you know folders in ios or you know, in Android, the notifications, the way that's changed, or the home screens in Symbian, or the move from non-touch to touch with Symbian. And uh, in one sense, that the, the, the fact that everything just elegantly f- slotted in was probably what impressed me even more than the additional features. And I, I have to say, I mean, I really love Metro. I mean, I, I accept that look and feel is always a very personal you know, decision and a very personal view. And I know, as you said, Rafe, people coming from Symbian who are very familiar with that maybe will find it very alien. But I find Metro a really pleasant, visually comfortable place to be. It's nice, uh, it's elegant. And I have to say, actually, more importantly, I'm, well, you know, I'm even seeing it on the desktop now in some of the apps, some of the third-party apps coming through. And there's a lot of conversation about this coming to to, to sort of Windows 8 potentially. And I mean, I can't believe that the company that brought us the ribbon bar and Clippy the helper have now, you know, <laughs> created Metro, which is, you know, I actually prefer Metro beyond I beyond OSX, which is, you know, my sort of otherwise would be my preferred place to be, you know, just in terms of, you know, ease of use and elegance and, and that kind of stuff. I'm just absolutely amazed. Although that, that sort of brings us on to... Um, kind of one of one of Windows Phone 7's challenges, which is, well, well, what is it? You know, what are people going to buy? Because, well, we can talk about sales in a minute, but you know, everyone knows that they haven't been stellar. And one of the challenges is, if you're going to be a, a a phone platform, you kind of have to have an identity. You know, Android's got probably this kind of open, flexible 
identity and blackberry is the business what is the business phone and ios and apple is kind of really elegant and it has a certain sort of um cachet about owning it and the, the adverts are sort of increasingly talking about sort of the exclusivity of the platform so so what is what is windows phone 7's selling point going to be and we asked oded and and he he, he was sort of beginning to talk about uh, speed and usability those were his themes we're trying to really focus on two things. How easy it is to discover new services. So for instance, with the groups I just mentioned earlier, you will notice after the update, everyone will get a family group. And once you click on it, we automatically guess that your family are people with similar last name or through Facebook, your partner, we know uh, your partner's name. Um, and that means it's much easier to do that. Uh, it's part of the 500 features that are new to Mango Many of them are about also improving the user experience even further. Uh, features like setting the background images, uh, we're making it more accessible and easier to use. When I talk about faster, it means things like, um, for instance, how we use the multitasking. Consumers tell us they want to switch to other apps, but they don't want to scroll through rows of icons, or they don't want to go to the task manager to do that. So by showing them the exact app and how it looked like once he closed it, we make it much faster to do that. And faster is another example for local scout, the ability to find place in the area. So we uh, we also asked him, you know, can Windows Phone 7 be like the third platform? That's what everyone's talking about now. I mean, you know, uh, Stephen Elop probably kicked these conversations off, you know, way back when you referred to sort of the this reduction in the number of ecosystems and all this kind of stuff. So, so can Windows Phone 7 be the third big platform? Um, well, we put it to Oded. I wouldn't say numbers in terms of first, second, or third. I think we're hugely excited about all the uh, long road we've made from October till today. We're literally seven months later, we're coming with such a major release uh, in terms of number of features, functionality coming in. Uh, the feedback that we're getting from customers is fantastic in terms of satisfaction and recommendation. Uh, the feedback that we're getting from developers is fantastic. We, we just hit the 18,000 uh, apps milestone um, this week, which we're very pleased with. So um, we're all very excited about what's coming up, and I think Mango is yet another reason to be very bullish about Windows Phone. Right, and, and you know what? I'd, I'd like to point out that, you know, I, I think the guy's got some points there, you know, seven months afterwards, and here they're delivering a, a, a wicked release. I'd also like to come back at you, Mr. Smith, with your Android is amazing. Um, I don't think consumers give a toss about Android. In fact, I, I think that um, Android is, is probably a blip in the horizon when you can consider the pot potential and possibilities of Windows. I can really imagine, for example, my, my uh, mother, uh, who's 50, 60 odd, going into Carphone Warehouse or into a store, a, a mobile phone store, and coming out with a Windows phone and feeling happy about it and actually being, being able to use it, crucial point, being able to use it and, and getting value from it. So I, I think your, your, your point about lumping Android in there as a, um, as a competitor, I know they're shifting tons. They're shifting tons because they're cheap, right? I don't think people are buying them because they're, they're Google phones or because they're utterly amazing. What, what do you guys reckon? Well, I mean, give, exercise my right of reply. I, I kind of agree with you long term because for me, over time, the Windows name, the Microsoft name, is going to play for me, for me both well with consumers who are going to recognise it and just trust it because they they know they've got you know Windows on their computers. But also, it's going to play well with enterprises because no one's going to get fired for buying you know a, a phone from a, a 
platform right. that runs with all you know you've got sharepoint you've got exchange you've got all the microsoft tools in your business and i mean it's almost going back to the things that i went mad about when people started in my businesses for example started buying windows mobile devices back when we were adopting smartphones and they didn't give it any thought they just went to you know our vodafone account manager who went ah oh, you use exchange you best have some microsoft phones but for the first time in a, in, a, in a long time, that actually won't be a bad decision. But I think right now, I do think Google and, and Android does have an identity. If you go into, in the UK, certainly, and I, I believe it, it's true, sort of, certainly in North America as well, you go into some of the big retail places, there's big green Androids around, there's big Google logos, you know, all, all plastered around, and people might not understand what it means, maybe with any degree of precision, but they, they do sense an identity. It is an alternative to iPhone and in you know some it's of the, the TV only advertising. One. Sorry. It's the only one, that's why. Uh, it's yeah, the only yeah. one, right? and, It's the only thing, right? And I don't think it's particularly well justified and I don't think it's very sustainable, but right here, right now, the challenge is that no one knows Windows Phone. You know, it doesn't have any big marketing campaign. Right, but it's, it's right here, right now. It's not a challenge. Yeah. Okay, it's basically what you're saying is it's, te it's a temporal. So, you know, add six months to it or add 12 months to it and uh, provided, you know, there's quite a lot has to happen here, provided Nokia shipping shitloads and, and provided that the uh, the operators worldwide are all playing ball as we suspect they will be this is it's a foregone conclusion right yeah well Rafe they they announced a load of operator numbers and geographies didn't they actually in the in this session that's right they said that they'll be shipping on four times as many operators and although they didn't say so there's a very good reason for that and that's that Nokia is getting on board I think the obvious and immediate response to what Jürgen was saying there is actually they've had a bit of time and the shipment numbers haven't met expectations and they've been with Samsung, HTC and LG. These are None of these are small manufacturers. They haven't really gained awareness with those. And the, so the big question is, uh, will they get that with Nokia? And I think there's a sort of a question is, yes, of course they will, but how much will they get it? And well, well, this well, idea Mr. of identity they need to go with it. I, I think Ben's right. There is a sense of identity that they'll need to do as well in order to get this to be the success maybe they want it to be. Let's be, just be clear. We're in May, right? This stuff hit the market in November. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's made much of an impression, though. And some of the commentators are already saying, you know, um, well, Mango's coming and it's quite good, but no one cares. Um, but I, I see it slightly differently from Rafe. I mean, clearly having Nokia handsets on the shelves is going to increase the volumes it has to because you're going to bank the Nokia name and I'm actually looking forward to those devices because I think that that could be a really happy combination of good hardware and Mango which is kind of probably the first Windows Phone 7 uh, you know release that I could live with I mean I liked it before but I acknowledged that the limitations would mean I probably wouldn't choose to live with it but actually the, the other thing for me uh, and I, as I said in my post on wireless worker which you should definitely check out is there are two massive communities of people who use Win who use Microsoft products at the moment there's the whole enterprise market and there's the whole Xbox marketplace there are 20 million Xbox live users and I don't think Nokia at the moment are targeting either of those groups particularly effectively in terms of with Windows Phone. But if, if you, you know, when you fire up Xbox Live and it says, go and get a Windows Phone and you'll be able to carry on playing your games and see your friends' points and send them messages and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I think there's going to be huge, you know, huge pickup from that as people sort of want to go and get those features. And all you've got to do is put it in front of them. And when, when Microsoft starts flexing its muckle, muckles when microsoft starts flexing its muscles in those areas and actually doing a bit of a push 
I reckon it's going to be very hard to explain to people why they should care. Um, and, that, and that's going to turn around really quickly. I think that does actually bring up an important point. Uh, you mentioned 20 million Xbox users. That's not really very many when the entire smartphone market last year was sort of some 300 million devices and it's going to be even more this year. Um, and I actually think it goes back to the point we were making earlier about who this will appeal to uh, because you can't actually talk about it in terms of a single demographic. It's talk, you have to talk about the groups. And I think Windows Phone's problem is there's just this sense that Microsoft isn't quite as cool as Google or Apple amongst the power users who maybe talk about this stuff on the internet. You know, the it's not all early adopters, but it is quite a lot of the evangelists and the people who are, you know, maybe are the equivalent of buzz agents who talk about it to their friends. And Microsoft does need to do more, I think, to appeal to those. I do agree with Ben that things like Xbox is going to be a massive boost, as is the Office functionality, as is, you know, Exchange, SharePoint and all of that. And uh, you know, Zoom, that's pretty small, but again, it all, all adds up. It's the Microsoft name. And actually, I think that the, the big thing for Nokia Microsoft in one sense, it combines the Nokia hardware brand, which people still respect and still like, uh, with the Microsoft software, which is very similarly strong there. And I've you know, forgotten the number of times now I've seen someone say, yes, I'd like that Nokia phone with the Microsoft software. And that's ultimately what they are going to deliver. Uh, and so, yes, we have to sort of wait and see until then. But what's got me excited about this is really actually the software more than met my expectations to where I thought it would be. I still think there are gaps to fill in. But if they've managed to do this in sort of seven months or a year by the time it comes out, that suggests to me that they're going to have a cadence of updates that will actually allow them to start keeping pace and then maybe even overtake some of the other platforms, especially when I think about how they've actually done things from a structural point of view. And, and you and the type of my that's my favourite type of update is a cadence of updates. I don't know about you. I was going to say that is a beautiful word. I didn't want to interrupt Mr. Blanford there, but cadence, gorgeous. I always wondered what the collective noun for a group of updates were, and I now know it is a cadence. Anyway, um, back to the point. Um, we asked Oded uh, actually what we're going to make people switch to Windows Phone quite directly, and um, well, we can listen to his answer. I think absolutely. People change their phone on average between every year and a half to two years. They are looking for new ways to connect and share in the go. They want to do that in an easy and fast way. Uh, they don't want to have two different phones for their work and life. Uh, I've spoken a lot about uh, new functionality and new features that are useful for your personal life, but just on the business side, we're introducing quite a lot of new features as well. Um, and I think for these people, uh, Windows Phone will be uh, the, the clear choice uh, when they come to upgrade their contract. Okay, uh, which is a very polite way of saying, look, there's an 18-month cycle on this stuff. You just watch us go as people, um, you know, ch change their handsets and um, maybe expecting a, a sort of a, a, a big pickup in kind of a sub 18 month cycle was a little bit optimistic anyway, wasn't it, Rafe? Well, I, I still feel this was a bit of a weak answer. We just talked about it at the time. But yes, I think you do actually need to give them 18 months and perhaps even longer. I mean, the, the critical thing is, though, that with uh, Android and iOS, people are starting to be locked into those platforms because of application services. And I think some people overplay this trend way too much. I don't actually think it's that strong yet. It's going to become stronger in a few years' time. Um, and so this is why it's so important for Microsoft and Nokia to move quickly because Nokia has lost a lot of its market share to people switching to what, iOS or Android, and it needs to win those back. And I think... Just talking about the replacement cycle, that's not going to be enough. It's going to need, need some canny marketing as well. Uh, if anything, what they'll need to do is explain some of the features that we've been talking about here, because they are quite compelling. 
but it's very difficult to turn that into the three bullet points that sit underneath a phone in car phone warehouse that people look at when they go and buy the phone. Yeah, I mean, particularly because they've got those kind of two markets, haven't they? They've got consumers, which are going to be a, you know, I think they're going to find the UI and the hardware when 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 it sort of matures a bit, appealing, and and some of the other stuff. But actually, there is a load of business stuff all baked in as well, which um, is going to be harder to communicate to uh, to business users, isn't it? So, um, well, we we asked Oded just to quickly talk us through the business features because we've not touched on those at all. Uh, things that we introduce uh, in the business side, we will have support for DRM uh, emails uh, or digital rights management, emails that you cannot forward or send to uh, another person. Um, another um, piece of improvement would be in the support for SharePoint and Office 365, uh, Office in the cloud. Um, you would also have uh, support uh, for alphanumeric passports and other slew of security and enterprise related functionality that businesses and companies told us they would like to have on Windows Phone and uh, you'd be able to learn much more about what's included in Mango uh, on our website just windowsphone.com or windowsphone.co.uk Boom, yeah, he got the he got the plug in, but I'll let him, let him keep that in there because actually it, it, there is some stuff there that makes quite interesting reading. Um, so the other thing that we ought to mention quickly before I, I really want to sort of do a bit of a wrap up and get some sort of state of the nation on this stuff was um, the BA app, um, Rafe, it, it caused a bit of a stir. I mean, on the face of it, it's just an application for an airline with all the usual features you'd expect, but it had some nice touches, didn't it? It did. And, you know, as you say, applications that make you go, wow, are pretty commonplace. And in one respect, this was just a Windows phone version of what we've seen on BlackBerry and iPhone with the BA app. You can, you know, check out your executive club status. You can check your check-ins and your flight schedules. But this did have an extra bit of source, which was, I think, quite impressive. Uh, when it came to choosing your seat, it actually had a 3D model of the aircraft and flew you through it to where your seat was. You could then change your seat location. And that was the wow and the eye candy. But I actually think there was one bit of the application that in some ways was even more impressive. And maybe you could talk about that, Ben. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what I liked was it's about the live tiles. And I've got a clip in a minute, actually, which Oded explains what the live tiles are. But on the home screen, once you checked in for a flight, it added a tile, which was a kind of a cached boarding pass for that for that flight. Now that's kind of not revolutionary, but they'd really thought about the um, the, the usability um, because the idea here was that you you know you're in the queue at security or whatever. You could just quickly touch that live tile. It would pull up all the check-in details really quickly. You wouldn't have to navigate through the app. Um, but also the live tile showed you the flight number, the time, and it then also flipped over to be the the sort of the codes that you could scan straight from the home screen. And that was really nice because you didn't have it there all the time. It was just added when you needed it, and then when you finished with it, it kind of went away. So um, anyway, we, we let Odid uh, tell us all about it. First, live tiles for anyone listening to the podcast. So live tiles are basically the icons they have on Windows Phone, and we call them live because they update with information. Now, when we released Windows Phone, these tiles could show you the updates from Facebook um, or updates from the app. So the weather tile can show you the real weather outside, not uh, just a static image of a sun and, you know, 23 degrees. What we enable to do now for developers is to add specific tiles within the app. So let's give an example from the British Airways app. Uh, you would probably want to save the uh, check-in information or the flight information for your flights. So if you fly to some place uh, with a connection, you might want to save two tiles. 
and we enable that to, uh, to developers. So developers can basically uh, decide how to build specific tiles for specific experiences. When a customer clicks on that tile, and for instance, British Airways, you can see here I've got British Airways flight XXX to Paris, and I can click on it to go straight to the flight information on the app. And it also flips to show me the QR code, that two-dimensional barcode that I can use to actually scan my uh, ticket. What it means for other developers is, if you think about many other apps like, for instance, uh, a, a messaging app or a sports app, you, you would be able to start using apps that will give you updates in the way that you want them. Genius, genius. Now, I want to point out that I think I have used the British Airways app on the iPhone and on the BlackBerry uh, probably four times last month. I'm a big flyer on British Airways and I'm a massive user of their British Airways app. The fundamental reason is so that I don't have to thought about with paper, which just really winds me up. Now, the innovation is here on the BA app. That is something that would probably move me toward converting to Windows Phone. And this gents is where i'd like to summarize our windows phone conversation here i'd like to ask you the following question right would let's just say sit back and imagine here would a 16 um megapixel dvd quality right so 16 megapixel camera and i know it's not all about megapixel but just run with me 60 megapixel dvd quality video nokia windows phone 7 with a keyboard without whatever would you consider using that as a primary device? Rafe, give us a perspective. Uh, yes, absolutely, I'd consider it. The usual caveats apply, you know, you have to see how the software gets there. But on the basis of what I saw with the Mango update, I'd very much consider using it as my primary device. And uh, Nokia will be presumably releasing these handsets. Maybe this year they're being cagey about that, maybe next year. And yes, there'll be some Symbian devices still around. But I think I would look very seriously at a Windows phone device. And for me, actually, it doesn't necessarily have to be the top spec in hardware, even something like the Nokia C7, the kind of slim line Symbian 3 device, having that with Windows phone, it would be a, a pretty compelling reason to switch. The one big thing I'll be looking out for probably is battery life, uh, since that's been poor on the Windows phone devices I've used so far. Uh, yeah, and Ewan, um, I'd say, actually, I'm not so bothered about the camera, but give me Mango, you know, living up to all its promises. So hopefully doing all the stuff that it says um, in a nice metal case phone. I mean, I love my Nexus S, but I am sick and tired of the nasty plastic feel and the fact it slides off everything. A nice metal case, good finish. And like Rafe says, battery life, because that is what's killing me on Android at the moment. And I would, I would change. I mean, I'm always going to run multiple handsets, but I tend to run one with a keyboard and one without. And I can see um, Windows Phone being my touch phone that would replace Android or iOS. And probably I'd run that alongside a BlackBerry. Good man. Even, even though I don't want to, but I, because I have to, because you know I have to accept that their keyboards are passable. What about you? Uh, yeah, you know what? I think I, I still need to need a keyboard, but uh, so that's probably going to keep me to BlackBerry for some time. But yes, with you guys, give me a really good camera experience. That's probably going to um, uh, turn me on, I think, and, and move me over to, to some kind of mango device. I think I could uh, be very happy with that.
Right, that was the sound of Rafe timing out in the background, I think. So um, I think we should wrap this up. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate all the comments. We've, we've been reading them really studiously across all of the sites where you've been making them. Um, apologies to the people who think it's too loud. We'll make it quieter. Apologies to the people who think it's too quiet. We'll make it louder. Apologies to the people who don't like it in stereo. Well, there'll be a special mono edition coming out soon. Thank you for listening. Bye.